Hello and welcome to the Happy Me Project podcast, the space where self-development doesn't have to be fancy and we take the bullshit out of positive mindset. My name is Holly Matthews and I'm a former TV actress, a TEDx speaker, a self-development coach and the founder of the Happy Me Project. I'm also a mom of two girls under 10, which is wild and crazy. What a wild and crazy ride it is being a parent. And today on the show, we are discussing a slightly different topic, actually, and one a little different to what we've discussed in the past, in that, essentially, I just want a bit of a rant and... We're going to talk about bigotry and homophobia and racism and all that lark. I feel very lucky that I grew up in a household that lacked bigotry and racism and homophobia. I was very lucky that both my parents are extremely left-wing in their political allegiances, allegiances, alliances, one of them ones. Um, They're both more left-leaning in their politics and both actively so. Religion-wise, my dad is a very strong vocal atheist. And my mum grew up in Irish Catholic background. So her, my great-grandma was um, from Ireland and they're Catholic and very, very strict Catholic upbringing um, for my mum. And she grew up in it. I went to a Catholic school and fully was immersed in that religion. Although as an adult isn't in any way practicing in in that religion but will when pushed will um would say she believes in god although would also still um not really follow any of the rules in reality but you know whatever i know it's that kind of watered down um believing in god believing in something else um sort of belief system that probably a huge majority of certainly in the uk the population might believe in and, and hope for perhaps it's something else um in terms of things like any of the more challenging um political hot potatoes um over over the years things like racism and um and bigotry and and homophobia i feel so incredibly lucky that i just came from a family that said you treat people as you find them and we had big discussions in my house always about what that looked like in reality you know i remember being i reckon i was probably about 13 12 or 13 and, and you know we would debate always in my house um you know every topic and i remember being on in i think oxford street in london we were there as a family and i saw a homeless guy on the street you know my naive innocence of being young and not really understanding the bigger social political climate and things like that and this guy was um I think he hadn't I'm I'm really going back away here but I remember the feeling um of being told and being schooled but the guy had I think no legs and in my mind you know I've always been a person who finds solutions so we were talking about why he was begging on the street we talked about why he was homeless and I said yeah but could he he could get a job 
you know, in my innocence, in my lack of understanding that he wouldn't be offered those opportunities and because he didn't have a home, he didn't have anywhere to be able to send, you know, he, he wouldn't be able to get those opportunities and the fact that he had no legs was a huge barrier for him in that respect. He was literally on a skateboard, this guy. And I remember my dad being really quite harsh with me at the time and, and not shouting me down, but schooling me, just really schooling me on life and that life didn't work in that way and it wasn't so straightforward and it wasn't so fair. And, and I remember that feeling of being told and, and really recognising that. But these are the these are the kind of conversations that would be had in my house. And I grew up with um, incidents where I saw my dad confront racism on a daily basis we would go out on marches as a family we were always very politically active that I remember you know being out on the streets and supporting um anti-racist um any anti-racist protests we would be out there we would be doing things we did some kind of I remember as a kid some kind of Thing that we did it was a uh, Newcastle where I'm from in the UK the football team Newcastle United is black and white that is our colours and um, we had there was this whole campaign about Newcastle as a city as a people is we're black and white you know it's about it was about that coming together and so my whole upbringing was always very much just let like let people be question learn be willing to grow and again in terms of sexuality as well I would never ever have been afraid in my family and that also thankfully goes to my wider family as well in that um so my grand my grandmas and um and family where I would never have been scared if my sexuality had been that I was gay um, or not straight in any way, I, I wouldn't have been scared because it was never a taboo subject. It was never a, oh, you know, it just wasn't. We, I have gay cousins um, in my family, one who came up quite recently, one who lives out in Australia. So I have a cousin out there as well who's gay. And funnily enough, the cousin that lives out in Australia, when he um, came out as being gay, my grandma, so that's on my mum's side, who came from a very stern, um, Catholic upbringing and she was actually out of all of my family she's no longer alive so I talk about her in the, the past tense but she was she was the most right wing of the whole family so she would have voted conservative in the UK and um, she liked Maggie Thatcher much to the horror of the majority of my family um, and she also supported Sunderland so for those that aren't up on the knowledge of their football and um, Newcastle and Sunderland are, are their rivals big rivals as well and so I love my grandma dearly, but our views on, our worldview on life was vastly different. However, as she got older, she definitely, she definitely softened and she was just a product of her environment and she grew and she learned. And, you know, before her death, my, my cousin out in Australia came out as gay and I really felt like it was the most modern thing that had ever happened in her world. And she left me a voicemail um, and the voicemail just said, hello, Holly Pet." Just letting you, just letting you know that your cousin's come out as gay. He's come out the closet, pet. All right, bye bye. And that was it. And it, it made me laugh so much, you know, because that was such progression for her. You know, it just it was a different era. And although I don't think we can excuse that always, we also have to have an understanding that a very much much older generation um who are very much our old old people now who just about scrape getting away with some views that would be 
not what we would expect of of younger people now. Um, I don't think that's an excuse because I do think, you know, my my grandma who's still alive, she's very, very woke and she has uses the internet and, you know, she might not always say things 100% how would we would be, you know, a, a younger person might say it. She certainly in no way um, has any sort of bigotry or homophobia or racism or anything like that. And I really do think there's no... There's no excuse for that. I think there's the the only thing I would say is that when we're talking about an older generation, we have to understand how language evolves. And I, in, in reality, I'm 36. I'm 37 this year. I'm at a point now where there'll be things that perhaps I 100% things I would have said in the past that if I look at it now, it would just wouldn't be accepted now. And never was anything that I said ever, um, you know, racist or in any way like big bigoted. But it would the words might have changed. I think we have to understand how language evolves. But equally, it's our responsibility as grown ass adults to understand that language has evolved. And just saying. Well, you just, you know, we said that in my day. It's not really, it's, that's not okay because lots of things have changed. There's lots of things, things change and evolve all of the time and we have to grow with those times. And um, I don't really know exactly what this podcast is about other than just getting, having real conversations about this. Over the last year, a lot of stuff has really come to the surface, which I think in the long run will be a really positive thing. And I've certainly had some very difficult conversations this over the last year, personal conversations with friends of mine around around race particularly, that have really challenged me as a person and to also allow, allowed me to continue learning, which is never a bad thing. It's always a good thing. And, you know, certainly as a mom, I think it's super important that I challenge at each stage of our lives that we challenge our own views and make sure that we are still continuing to grow and that we're we're on the right side of history you know that we can sometimes I certainly have always felt that I was a person that was anti-racist but equally in the last year I've really considered okay so just because I have believed myself to be anti-racist am I doing enough and perhaps I haven't been, and perhaps you know. And, and I, in fact, I know I won't have been. That's that's not even in. That's not even actually something that I feel is in in question because there's always more that can be done. We're all in our bubbles, whether we're black, whether we're white, whether whatever we are, religion-wise, whatever. Like we we're in our bubbles. We we can only understand the world from our own perspective. And sometimes that will mean that we will find conflict with other people. And it's about us always challenging what that means and why something might offend us or trigger us or upset us. It's always about questioning that. And I definitely feel over the last year, we've had so much time to think, right, that we've been in our houses, that I've really questioned myself again on everything and what I understand and what I care about and what matters and what perhaps triggers things in me and my belief about myself and my identity and all of those things. And I just think it's really interesting. Today, I actually had a bit of a discussion with, um, on somebody's poll. So there's a girl out in America, Nicole Arbor, who um, used to, she did a, a, a viral video called Dear Fat People that went out on YouTube. And in the past, she was a, she had a slightly different, um, 
vibe I could say really um her rhetoric was different and it seems in the last year she's become a lot more um Donald Trump-esque if you look at a lot of her posts and um the discussion on her post today was about uh pronouns and what we call people and I guess gender type discussions which again is something that isn't really in my experience I don't I haven't personally experienced that kind of feeling of um, gender fluidity or, or whatever that means really in, in reality. And so I'm learning a lot about that and about what that means to other people. Largely, my thoughts are let people live however the hell they want. But like anything, whatever this is, whether this is gender, sexuality, um, a, a, a chosen life path that you have in some way, it is not your, it is not other people's job to behave how you want them to behave. And you're never going to make them behave how you want them to behave. It is our responsibility to educate people, help them to understand, but also understand if they don't understand. And, and that not always have to result in major conflict. So the discussion was around the, the use of the pronoun they. Now, I have to be very honest here that I find that a very con confusing pronoun because it's a plural pronoun. And I don't... In lang Language is very important to me. If you hear me talk on here, I love language. I'm a word nerd. Now, this doesn't mean that I care about this doesn't mean that I would I'm offended by somebody wanting to use that pronoun it means that I might not get it right sometimes it means that when I see an article which I saw last year with Sam Smith the singer great singer seems like a good person um when I see them being discussed as they in the paper um because of their sex uh, sorry their their feeling their gender identity that's the right word isn't it see i'm even questioning what the right word is to say but that's just learning right that's us all learning and when i saw sam smith uh, an article where uh, that they were discussed they were discussed as they see um that see this challenging right for me to understand because when i read that my english language brain was looking for another person that they were with because it was discussed as a plural and I'm going to put this out there to those of you that identify as they. I'd love to know more about that and maybe understand why that was a chosen word. Um, and this isn't ignorance. It's just like genuine, um, genuinely would like to learn more about that because I feel like you could, there could have been any word chosen there that might have been less confusing. Now, again, it is. it doesn't really matter whether I'm confused or not. It doesn't matter at all whether I'm confused. If you decide that you identify in that way, it is also not being offended by somebody else's lack of quite grasping that doesn't mean that other person dislikes you, hates you, doesn't want your existence to be here, thinks you're wrong as such, but that's also okay as well if they do. But it doesn't mean that they are against you because they might have an, a, a challenge understanding something. And I think when we get into this super offended space of being, um, we, we block off conversations, don't we? We then can't have any conversations about why somebody might find that is more beneficial for them, why they feel that way. And just these conversations around all of these, these really polarizing sometimes topics 
I love having these conversations, genuinely I do and I always want to learn and I'm not scared of being offended by these conversations. Although if you come at me with what I would describe as being a very bigoted belief on something, I will I will call you out for that. And that is something I've always prided myself on in that I really believe it's easier to be not it's easier to be non-bigoted and non-racist and not homophobic. How much easier is it to not be full of hate? I feel very heartily sorry for people that have such hatred in their heart and this may make me sound like a tree tree hugging hippie because I probably am and you know I am an apps snowflakes unite my friends because I'm okay with that I'm okay with being nice I'm okay with being a, a nice human being and I also don't have the time in my life to hate people for their race or their sex or their sexual orientation or their gender or whatever. I don't don't have the space for that. Why would I waste my time? It must be a very hard space to be in. And I really, I genuinely feel sorry for children that grow up in families where they have parents who are racist or parents who are bigoted in some way that must be really really hard I am so grateful that I don't live in that space and that it really doesn't matter I'm also lucky that I grew up in the acting industry actually because the acting industry tends to be a very diverse place and certainly from a sexuality point of view that's never like you you see it all there is no you you learn about all different kinds of sexual orientation and you don't feel uncomfortable by that it just doesn't matter why would you um and the same with race. I, I always had different people around me. Um, albeit I lived in a very white area. Newcastle at the time where I lived in Newcastle was a pretty white area. Um, and I think we can always learn. You know, it's I love the fact that we're having these conversations. I think we've just got to be careful that we don't, while having these conversations, start going, you cannot do this. You cannot have this hairstyle. You cannot have this because that offends somebody else. Um or that's one person's identity because the world is so much smaller than it's ever been. We get access to stuff that, you know, our children get access to things across the world and that includes all manner of um, fashion styles, hairstyles or makeup styles and they're looking at people who are perhaps of a different race to them and aspiring to be like them. That doesn't mean that they slip into into, um, cultural appropriation. And again, cultural appropriation, I understand the logic of that in an, in a sense, but then sometimes I think that can spill out to, okay, so white people can't wear braids. Okay, it's not the biggest issue in the world, let's be honest. And I understand the reasonings behind why that might be problematic, our favourite buzzword of the last uh, five years, why that might be problematic. I can see why that is the case and I'm certainly not going to defend my kids wearing braids if, you know, it's not a big deal. But equally, do we, as the world gets smaller and we start to blend our cultures and our our sexualities possibly even like when things get blended in this way because we live in such a closer space where we all get to know different cultures and different um different things from history does that do we then not want that to happen because then that feels like we're going backwards if we then start going well you can't have this because this is only for asian people you can't have this because this is only for white people you can't have this that doesn't make sense either surely we should be educating ourselves and going 
let's all share what what it is we can understand where that came from and actually its background its history is from this race of people and this is their history we can understand the bad bis- bits of our history and certainly in the in the in our white history there is lots of bad bits that doesn't mean that you have to identify as that nor does it mean that you have to take guilty responsibility but it's having an understanding of your personal um your personal privileges that come with with being white and how your bubble might be affected in that way that it's easier in in most ways but I just yeah I love these conversations and I don't know if these mad ramblings have made any kind of sense but sometimes I think it's important to nail your colors to the flag it's important for you to challenge yourself and and I really am willing to be if I get stuff wrong I'm more than happy to discuss that and in fact in the last year where I put a post out on social media talking about white privilege in the midst of the George Floyd um, murder and a lot of discussions on social media and I possibly regret that post I possibly regret it. I'm not 100% sure if I don't or I do. But the reason I maybe regret it was because it was prompted by somebody nudging me. And I actually was doing my own thing in the background, as always, living my anti-racist life and, you know, trying to keep get through a pandemic and was nudged by a white girl who challenged me for not discussing it on social media and told me that my platform should be used for that reason and I identify as somebody who is anti-racist so I then posted something just just trying to just broach the conversations that we're having now in that I fully recognize my white privilege I fully get it and that prompted a discussion with a friend of mine that resulted in quite a heated a heated conversation about that and it yeah that is something that I'm unsure whether was the right thing to do my intentions were to have an open discussion to acknowledge my white privilege to talk about those things in the in an open space but if in some way that made people believe they had to handhold me through my lessons or my learnings or um that I expected black people to teach me anything about that or or anybody that's non-white to teach me lessons and make me understand then that was absolutely not the case because it's nobody else's job to do that for me it is our job to learn and to experience this stuff ourselves and so that was never the intention but again it's it's all about understanding what triggers people what triggers you and trying to do this in the best you know trying to just navigate this stuff in the best way can be really challenging can't it I'd love to hear your thoughts guys you know I don't we're I'm certainly not of the mindset in any way of we can't bloody say anything now we can say everything that we want and we will also have consequences for that you can be a bigoted homophobic racist if you want but you will face the consequences of that it is freedom of speech my friends but it is not freedom of consequence ricky gervais always talks about this in a brilliant way he's excellent at discussing this subject but it's really true you can say what you want but that doesn't make you right and that doesn't mean that you won't face consequences for that those beliefs and those feelings i just think we should just aim to let people get on with 
their lives, love who they want, be who they want, not overly be offended by stuff that doesn't isn't any of our business, educate ourselves, learn about different cultures and races and have conversations and, and, and perhaps even have conversations with people close to you that you maybe haven't had before or felt were needed. And that's lessons that I've learned over the last year as well. So I hope this helps create discussion. This is not my normal kind of podcast episode, but it's something that's been on my mind for some time. And I find it hard to hold back on what is sitting in my head and my heart. So I hope it you know, generate some thoughts for you as well. Let me know on social media. I do like hearing from you and hearing what your thoughts are on this. I will speak to you all very soon. To learn more about the Happy Me Project, my online courses, events, and one-on-one coaching, click the links below and get involved. Make sure to share this podcast, follow, subscribe, and tell me all of your learnings. I will catch you on the next episode. Stay safe. Peace.